0: The Sports pen lives here on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you Friday afternoon. Work week is over. It's time to weekend. I've got Ryan Steig for the Mining Journal in studio with me. No hockey this weekend. Also the beat right for the Northern Michigan Men's hockey team. We <laughs> yeah. should throw that in there too. No hockey this weekend though. The team's recuperating after a long trip to Alaska. Good time for the bye weekend. Uh yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, they I mean, you always want to keep playing, you know, cuz you know, you want to stay fresh, but it's a long trip. They got four wins and but you could tell Saturday night, I know Grant likes how his team played Saturday, but it took until the three, third period to score. Mm-hmm. You could tell fatigue was really starting to set in. They were a step behind Alaska Anchorage, you know, for most of the game, but You know, you need to have that week. And I think it'll be turned out fine because some of the hockey players are at the basketball games last night, and they look fresh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like, you know, I've seen players after hockey games, you know, in press conferences where they just look exhausted. Mm -hmm. They look amped, ready to go, and it's also important because they're not playing a slouch in their next game. They're Mm -hmm. playing the best
0: team in the WCHA, so. One of the best in the country with Minnesota State coming up. They've won six in a row, though, and they've launched themselves into second place in conference play. Baloo, I talked to Grant a little bit about what happened to him. I asked him, how'd you flip the switch on him in the third period, scoring three goals on the power play in three minutes? He went back to the Lake Superior State game. Remember, he was a scratch, and since then... Messages got to him. He ended up winning Conference Defensive Player of the Week, and then Griffin Lockrin, man, that's my guy. I keep telling you, I'm high on this kid, and he gets Freshman of the Week. What's so high about him? Just because you saw him play in Fargo? or because yeah, I watched him play the United <laughs> you know, I, I liked him when he played there, so I was glad to see him again up here.
1: He's 5'6", he's and everybody, and Grant tells me all the time that nobody has ever told him he's 5'6", because he plays like he's 6'2". Mm-hmm. He'll pick fights with guys who are much bigger than he is. He's not afraid to you know, get rough in the middle. He... And he's coming alive, especially, I mean, eight points in his last five games. He's not like a star shooter. He's not Troy Loggins. He's not Craighead. You know, he's not going to pump in goals like Robbie Payne used to do when he was here. He's going to be that guy who gets some junk goals, but he's a contributor. You know, he's going to be give you a mix of goals and assists. And I think he is really coming to his own, which is important because, like Grant said, at Christmas time, once you get past christmas you 're not a freshman anymore mm-hmm. you've had experience you're knowing what to expect, and they expect you to start contributing at that point and he has, and they're going to need him because Minnesota State is considered one of the best teams in the country. They have been one of the best teams in the country the mm-hmm. last few years, and they're they're just good. Hastings does a great job of recruiting. Um, and, of course, the big storyline is that Matthias Israelson is coming back to Northern this weekend. He transferred to Minnesota State, was Tolvanen's backup, and now he's coming back. The Interesting thing, he's the number two guy, according to Shane Frederick, um, who's the Mankato Free Press beat writer who covers the Mavericks. And he and I were talking, he said, right now, they flip flop goaltenders all through the season. The first it mm-hmm. was Israelson, He had a great start, and then he started to struggle. So they brought in McKay. McKay is doing a good job. So we're wondering, is Israelson going to play this weekend? Because it's his, I, I want to say, like, quote, homecoming in a way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I would think he's going to at least play once, even though McKay is you know, doing pretty good right now. I think the storyline is there. I know Iserson wants to play. He wants to beat his former team. <laughs> you know, so you got to at least, I think, play him once just so you can have that fun little... And if he plays well, you can play him the next night. If yeah. he struggles, you can put in McKay in. Um, my guess is he'll probably play Friday, and then if, depending on how he plays, if he'll play Saturday. But that's a fun storyline, and uh, I, I, I hope fans show up. Um, I've been trying to hype it up because there's a lot on the line. I mean, there's mm-hmm. still quite a bit of games left, but it's second place against first place. They're trying for positioning. Northern sweep. It, unfortunately, because Northern's off this weekend, other teams are playing, and the standings is going to flip all over the place. Mm-hmm. But... If Northern can get a sweep against Minnesota State next week, it would be huge for their confidence. they jump the standings, and it'd be really good because then they play Bowling Green, who right now is in third place and nipping at Northern's heels. So this is probably the most crucial two-week stretch of the season because depending on how they play is going to determine if they're going to be at home ice. I think they're going to be at home ice. I think at the very least they'll get fourth place, so um, they should be fine there. But... Are you going to get to play the 7th seed? Are you going to get to play the 8th seed? You know, mm-hmm. Are you going to almost have a sure shot of getting into the second round? It's A lot's riding on this. I hope fans are interested because there's a lot riding on it. There's two good teams, and
0: I think it's going to be fun. Ari Tolvinen, a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award, he gets nominated, or at least he's up for the fan vote right now. I'll, uh
1: the fan voting—you get—you <laughs> get put up by the coaches. They, you know, put a. Up- whatever coach the coaches put up whatever players they think are deserving of the hobie and then the fans get to start voting and try to determine who are going to be the top 10 finalists tovenen was the only person Patoni put up which is a little surprising for me because i thought he'd put up blue and Loggins too because sometimes a lot of the coaches if you look put up two sometimes three players and i thought it was a little odd that Petoni only put up one so but I guess that was his mindset, that he thought Tolvanen had the best shot. Um, the bad thing about the Hobie fan vote is it's based on your first half of the year. So if you like have a decent but not great first half, you can miss out on the Hobie vote, even if you turn it on in the second half. Mm-hmm. Like You lead the league all of a sudden in scoring, you miss out on the Hobie vote because... They base it on what you did in your first half of the year. Now, the finalists, when you get down to the top ten, you base it on the whole season. Um, And a lot of things go into effect there. But uh, the coaches, they're in kind of a tough spot. But I guess he was just really high on Tolvanen. I think he has a decent shot with the fan voting. But it's hard to get into the top ten because the fan voting only matters so much. And everything else is based on the committee's
0: vote. And uh, we'll see what happens there. You talked about Robbie Payne earlier and some good news for him, as well as Tanner Carroll, a couple of former standouts from up here in the UP. Robbie's heading to, well, he's in Texas, but he's <laughs> heading up to the Texas Stars of the American Hockey League, the minor league affiliate for Dallas. And then Tanner Carroll will make his Vancouver Canucks debut tonight. I talked to Mel Pearson a little earlier today. He was on the coaches show half an hour ago. You can hear that again around 530 but it was good to get that perspective as a couple of guys from the UP are starting to make their way up through the hockey ranks.
1: Yeah, I know uh, Robbie's been uh, kind of in a tough spot. He, you know, started off with Texas last year. He started off with Texas this year. He got bumped back. Uh, the Idaho Steelheads, which is Dallas's ECHL affiliate, and kind of lit up the ECHL. So Texas called him back up. He sees it for a week, they send him back down to Idaho, and now he's back up to Texas, which I imagine has to be frustrating, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like you're going from the Texas stars to like San Antonio or. Right? Right. <laughs> you know, with Texas, is, Texas stars are like just outside of Dallas. So you're not going to the state, you're going to Idaho. And then you're going back to Texas and then back to Idaho. I mean, it's just life in the minor leagues. It's You're hoping on to your dream that you're going to move up, and it's still there because Robbie's in his 20s. Mm-hmm. But you're like, does this team respect me <laughs> in a way? I mean, why do they keep? Because he'll play well, but then not enough, and it's I, I don't know what their deal is because I think Robbie's been playing really well. I've been trying to keep track of him. It's just... I don't know, maybe because he's not scoring goals at will or something. Mm-hmm. It's weird, but I, it makes me wonder if after the season if they're going to make him a trade to mm-hmm. another team because I think, in my opinion, I think he's a better fit for another team mm-hmm. um, because if <laughs> if you really liked a guy, you wouldn't be coming and sh- keep sending him down over and over right. again. So I'm hoping he gets sent to another franchise and maybe respects him a little more. But good for Tanner Caro. Um, played very well at Tech. He's... You know, he's shown that he can play in the NHL. He's gone through his little bit where he's been sent down to the AHL and then up and down. So it's nice to see him back up there and uh I'm sure Mel had good things to say about
0: him. Mel has some positive things to say about his time at Houghton. Well you looked at uh uh Tanner Carey you talked about getting a trade Perhaps for Robbie Payne. That's what happened to Tanner Carroll. You know, he maybe just wasn't a good fit for the system they had there in Chicago, end up sending him to Vancouver, a team that's going through very much a youth movement right now with Petterson and Besser, and you have the Sedin's out, mm. and you think it worked for Carroll. All the reason to think it would work for Payne as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just need to change the scenery. A team picks you up, you know, after your college career, and they think, oh, you're a good fit, but then maybe. It just, you know, you don't gel with the coaching staff. The style isn't quite what it should be, and maybe you have a better chance at another place. Because I'm sure other people are looking at him. Because that happens a lot in the minors. I mean, if you look, ha, shameless plug for the journal. If you look at our, if you look at you know our Aga we put on two B, and we throw in the transactions. If we um, use the hockey things, you see, you know. Chicago Blackhawks loan to the AHL, then AHL down to the ECHL, and they're constantly moving. So maybe I think it'll be better for Robbie. Who knows? Maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe Texas will, and I'll learn to respect him a little bit and understand how good he is. Or maybe after the season he'll find a different spot. But uh, I'm hoping he does well. He's a good guy, and he... uh, he definitely has a talent. I know Northern fans are backing him because he was a fan favorite up here. I know kids really liked him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was he he was always the guy that kids would always stay late for to try to see if he'd come up and do autographs, and they'd always ask for his sticks.
0: And I, I, I just hope he does well. A couple of things I want to ask you before we have to take a break, and we'll stick with hockey but go a little bit further into the NHL. You're a Minnesota guy. Wild got rid of Nino Niederreiter last night for Victor Rask. Did they get any better with that trade to Carolina? I don't think so. I don't either. (laughs) I really don't. I I don't know if they
1: were just trying to cut payroll or if they were just trying to see if they can work some magic or whatever. They see something that a lot of people don't see. Mm -hmm. I, I question a lot of business decisions that Minnesota makes. In In all all sports. sports. Because (laughs) they, you know, you wonder with management, because they struggle, they get in the playoffs in every sport, and then they underachieve in the playoffs, and you wonder, what are they going to do to fix it? And then they'll make a bizarre move that nobody understands, and it usually doesn't pay off, and... I mean, you can joke with the Vikings, you know, mm. paid a lot of money for Kirk Cousins after being on the cusp of the Super Bowl and they didn't even make the playoffs no. this year. And uh, as the NFL said, the players, most overrated quarterback <laughs> in the NFL, which hurts as a Vikings fan because it's like we just shelled out a bunch
0: of money for a guy a lot of people see as overrated. So, But, yeah, Minnesota decisions. Lastly, Red Wings say that they're open to trading Gustav Nyquist and Jimmy Howard, but only if it involves a first-round pick. What would be a good suitor for those two? Where could those two end up realistically landing? Well, that's a tough part. I would say
1: probably a team maybe on the rise that needs you know some veteran leadership. Mm-hmm. I don't see if Howard's going to go to a like a team that's playing well. He's going to have to assume a backup role, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he really wants to do that. Sometimes you know goalies after after point in your career are just like okay. You know, I'm getting up there. I'm not getting paid what I'd like to be paid. Maybe I just have to take what I can get. And I don't know if he's quite there yet because he's a starter here and he wants to still be the starter, but I don't. I I think he's probably going to be a good fit for a team that's maybe – it's like when Marc-Andre Fleury went to the Vegas Knights. Mm. They needed a goaltender. They needed a little – star boost and they got one. Mm-hmm. Maybe a team that's really struggling right now could use something like that. <laughs> maybe Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they need something big time. Uh, yeah, you know, they're they're got pathetic management. You yeah, know? They do. Maybe maybe Jimmy E-G- can get a Jimmy good <laughs> <make that> <laughs> yeah Maybe
0: he could get some good money out of that. So maybe a team like that. Ryan Steag for the Mining Journals in studio with us. We'll take a timeout and we'll transition over to the NFL when we come back. My hot take of the day is that one of these teams, their window will close if they lose this weekend on winning the Super Bowl. Find out who next in the sports pen. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Friday afternoon in studio with you, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig. Thanks for being with us as we gear up for the weekend. Almost time to weekend And it's championship weekend in the NFL. Mm. I love this. I mean, I was talking with my dad last night, and we're both like, we miss Thursday night football. And I did. You know, I miss having that. But I love these kind of games, because Divisional Weekend was kind of a disappointment last week. Games weren't really as good as, I mean, maybe the best one was the Cowboys losing, and it's not anything against the Cowboys, it's just it was most entertaining game. and the Eagles, wasn't that. The Eagles-Saints game wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad, but it, for as close as it was, it just didn't grab me. You know, it didn't keep me in its grasp. Okay. <laughs> for I get whatever reason. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I mean, I was intrigued that the Eagles jumped out to a lead and blew that lead. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Come on, Nick Foles. I know.
1: <laughs> You're supposed to be Captain Clutch. Mm.
0: Well, apparently now he's going to be on the move, is from yeah. what I'm hearing. is he will be on the move, I still think it's going to be Jacksonville. And I said a few days ago, as soon as they hired John D. Filippo as their offensive coordinator, that's it for Bortles and Leonard Fournette. Now Leonard Fournette, as of yesterday, is suing the Jaguars, so... I'm fairly certain that his days there are numbered. Yeah, when you start suing your employer, Saint <laughs> mm-hmm. so Con, Tom Coughlin, they aren't going to be a. Yeah, no,
1: no, no. He's uh, he's pretty much gone. But
0: uh, I, I'm not surprised
1: Foles leaving because he's. I mean, he got shoved back to the backup role mm-hmm. for the Eagles, and then there's the debate: Would you, you know, you can make the case that Wentz is the more talented quarterback, mm-hmm. but who's going to win you a playoff game? You're right. going to probably go with Nick Foles and. He's probably, I mean, he's a quiet guy and he, like, is a humble guy, but I'm sure deep down he's like, I could be starting right now for mm-hmm. somebody, and I keep getting pushed behind Carson Wentz, and I think he's going to get a fresh start somewhere, and I hope he does something with it because he deserves it after that Super
0: Bowl. He can't be looking around the league and saying, Jeff Driscoll, Josh Johnson, Nathan Peterman was starting <laughs> for a while, and I'm on the bench. I'm the reigning Super Bowl MVP. He,
1: and I'm. You know, holding a holding a uh, Microsoft Surface mm. board <laughs> for Carson. Hey, clipboard's was. are so 90s. yeah, clipboard's in '90s, but you know, y- you see Aaron Rodgers playing with his Microsoft Surface board, which mm-hmm. you know normally people would have iPads, but Microsoft mm-hmm. is a sponsor, it has that little deal with the NFL. But yeah, I, I hope he finds something better, and Jacksonville would be a good fit for him.
0: we've got championship weekend coming up this weekend. Some people say this might be the best Final Four we've ever had in the NFL. I don't know if it is. I wouldn't go that far. It's just hard to find an argument against it, but I'm not going to go on the line saying that. But I will say this. Each stadium is debuting a new concession stand food. I'll give you both of them, but tell me which one you would be more likely to try because they're both a little bit out there. In Kansas City... Just for the AFC Championship game, they are debuting a special brand of loaded nachos with braised short ribs, barbecue sauce, white cheese sauce, and roasted tomatoes. It actually sounds pretty good. In New Orleans, for the NFC Championship this weekend, fried alligator BLTs with fried green tomatoes, Cajun mayonnaise, and kettle chips. Ah, uh, boy. I, I
1: love some New Orleans food, so I'd mm-hmm. probably need more to that. And I feel like tomatoes ruin the barbecue thing. Yeah. You know, because you're talking about all the stuff that you'd expect the barbecue, and then you're throwing roasted tomatoes on there. It just doesn't fit. I think <laughs> I feel like you're ruining it that way. But you'd expect that from a Cajun dish, and uh, I'd probably be more likely to try that.
0: think so? I'd go with the nachos. I just like nachos. <laughs> I'm a little worried to try an alligator oh, BLT. Oh, the
1: alligator's really good.
0: Yeah, But on a BLT? You Is never know name? you never
1: know when you try it. That's I I if, I, need to I don't try know if you've ever stuff. been to Lanyap down the down the street here but no, uh, they, they they uh have good Cajun food. Hmm. Um uh so try that i I've, i love cajun food I, gumbo down there um i've never had they do have gumbo i, I haven't had their gumbo i have not had their I love gumbo but uh, there's a great place in indianapolis that uh, whenever the wife and i go out there we always play go to the cajun place and we've got other people hooked on it too so <laughs> i would i would i'd go with the new orleans one
0: would you say the name of that place is Oh, in town? Yeah. It's Lanyat. Lanyat. I might need to try that. I like Gumbo. Speaking of gumbo, that was <laughs> it's a great segue into the feud going on between the Rams defense and Sean Payton. Sean Payton always loves to rub people the wrong way. I don't he's, know if he, he loves to do it, but he does it. So he's a often. he's a troll. He is a troll. <laughs>
1: Basically. He I mean he tried against the Vikings to do the skull clap yep. and uh, and, then got a, lost. and then they lost and uh, you know, looked like a moron after the game. But it's like it, it's like, I feel like he just tries to get under people's skin just to do it. Mm-hmm. And I love it when he fails, because th- there's nothing better than watching a troll <laughs> look foolish. at uh, crow. Yeah, it's, it's good. So I don't know why he does it. Maybe he gets his jollies by doing it, or he's just being a jerk. Just to be a jerk. Well, people I mean,
0: forget, before the Vikings game last year, he did the choke sign to Devontae Freeman. They ended up losing that game, too. Yeah. He's so, done it a lot.
1: <laughs> I mean... Uh, you think you'd learn, yeah. yeah? After a while, you know, maybe I should stop doing this because it never <laughs> works for me. But he he continues to do so. So, do you think he's going to do it against the Rams? He's
0: already did with the gumbo. I yeah, think yeah. he's kind of trolling Marcus Peters a yeah, little bit, uh, which, if history serves as well, means that L.A. is going to win this. Weekend. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, when someone gives you, you know, bulletin board material, something mm-hmm. like that you get a little more amp for. It. I mean they're going to be excited for the game no matter what, but it's just you get that little extra motivation. I mean, teams just all the time, especially when writers, you know, criticize them in columns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They they love to stick it to people, so they'll give you that little thing. So I think the Rams will be motivated. I'm actually picking the Rams to win the game. Mm-hmm.
0: So a lot of people are high on Chiefs and Saints. I get the feeling though it's going to be Pats and Saints. And actually, the latest fan poll—you look around the country and see which each state is predicting to win, voting for, what have you—and you get most of America splashed in red. A lot of people including cheering for including the Chiefs, Lake Superior, including Lake <laughs> Superior. I saw the first map, and apparently the UP is a lake, or we're just staying neutral. Yeah, we're the Switzerland of America yeah. compared to what's going on. And then you get that little splash of navy blue. <laughs> Where everyone's cheering for the Patriots, but the latest fan poll I saw has Michigan going blue. That Michigan is on the Patriots' side, at least expecting or cheering for New England. I would say more expecting. I
1: I don't think that outside of the New England area, and he was actually pulling for New England, Mm -hmm. I think think it just kind of settles in that New England tends to click Mm -hmm. in the playoffs. And, you know, just when you think, you know, like... You know, maybe they could actually get upset in the second round, which I thought I, I thought they were gonna beat the Chargers, but there was that some possibility in my head that maybe it could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you because know, I just remember that one year where the Ravens went into New England in the semifinals, the divisional round and just blew them out of the water. Mm-hmm. So it can happen. Normally, if this if the game was in New England, you know, on Sunday, I'd pick New England for sure. Yeah. But New England for reasons that maybe, I guess it doesn't, it makes lo- it's logical, because teams, you know, when you're trying to win a championship on the road, you know, you tend to struggle. But when New England has to play on the road in the championship game, they tend to not be there, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, when they had to play Denver, in the, I mean, Denver handled them. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just, I think they depend a lot on their home field advantage in the playoffs, and when they're not there, it's just... For some reason, they don't click as much. I mean, they're going to be good, and it's the game's going to be close. But I'm actually thinking that this might be the Chiefs' year. I rarely pick Kansas City to be successful in the playoffs because it usually backfires. But mm-hmm. it seems like it's there this year. You know, pieces are falling to place. Mahomes have an amazing year; probably going to win the MVP. Mm. And Andy Reid has not Andy reeded himself. Yeah, yet. <laughs> yeah quite yet. And I think he's maybe. Everything's there where he's like, I'm on the cusp of doing something I've been dreaming of. I'm not going to screw up myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, because that's the running joke is that Andy Reid will have the game on the line. He'll be winning. And he makes a dumb coaching decision. Yep. He's terrible at clock management, too. So, but I'm just feeling it. And not just because I can't stand New England. It's just, I don't know. I Normally I'd pick them, but they're playing on the road. And. Have you heard the polar vortex? It's going to be in Kansas City. Yes,
0: it's going to be freezing cold. They did a great job making the field playable last weekend. I saw on Twitter today there will be forty-five different hot chocolate stations around <laughs> Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday. Well,
1: there, and uh, you know, and people tend to forget it snows in Missouri. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lived on the Missouri border. <laughs> I mean, and they don't handle it well. They don't there. handle it well. It, uh, but it does snow. Um, Not like in the heaps and buckets it does up here in the north, but they usually get, you know, a foot sometimes in in the winter. But it's like the cold, circular storm is, like, settling right over Kansas City. So it's going to be frigid. It's like, you know, I wasn't born yet, but people talk about that game in the 80s when the the Bengals played the Chargers, Mm -hmm. how they had that freak storm over Mm -hmm. Cincinnati, of all places, and it was really, really cold. And I think that's kind of what's happening for Kansas City. And people might say, "Well, Kansas City's not used to the cold." This is New England's favor, and it's like they have played in the snow before. Yep. <laughs> you know, they it last week. Yeah, it'd be one thing if it was like Dallas <laughs> or something like that, or Nashville. <laughs> you know, like down there. This
0: is t- they've used to have been playing the cold, so I think they're gonna be fine. Got Ryan Steag in the studio with us. Patriots assuming the underdog role, though they feel like it's them against the world in a way it is because people don't want them to win but it's not like they're a team that's trying to defy all the odds of anything that's probably Andy Reid trying to do it with twenty-three-year-old <laughs> quarterback. Yeah,
1: yeah that's it's more Andy Reid's trying to define the odds and it's they're so I said to you before the show they're so nauseating mm-hmm. that franchise I mean did anybody seriously think the franchise was dead? That they, this was the year where it's all going to fall apart? Mm-hmm. No, because they always kick into gear. They'll have a not-great season. They'll go, like, 11-5 and five or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they always turn it on the postseason. So who was really doubting them? Exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe people picked against them. Like, maybe the Chargers will pull an upset or something. But it's not like people are like, oh... You know, L.A. is going to win by 40 or something like that. They expect it to be close. I was hesitant, you know. I, I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I know it's going to be a fourth-quarter thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to come down to it late, and either the Chiefs are going to have to make a big defensive stand or Mahomes is going to have to bring them down the field in the two-minute drill. I mm-hmm. just I, I just don't understand it. And then Julian Edelman brings out <laughs> this T-shirt that, where the logo of the Patriots, and it says... What, what was it, beat?
0: Bet on a... a bet on bet, bet against yeah. us or
1: something like that. And really? <laughs> is anybody really betting against you? I mean, sure, they're going to be like Vegas. They're going to be like, okay, I think the Chiefs are going to win. But, mm-hmm. is, like, is anybody going, oh, yeah, they're done.
0: You know, I am definitely picking against them. No. So... They act ugh. like people are. They act like they're this underdog that's never been to this stage before, but... Here they are, surprising everybody. They're taking on the mantra, we're here and we're not supposed to be. What well, if I knew you were going to be before the season even kicked <laughs> yeah, off? Yeah,
1: I thought you – I mean, it's almost like a guarantee that they're going to be in the AFC Championship mm-hmm. every year. And a lot of that's because their division is garbage. Yes, <laughs> they get a head start because yeah. that's –
0: Four to six wins right off the bat,
1: yeah, and because of that, you win the division, you usually are going to end up getting a bye. Mm-hmm. you know All, they just they didn't even have to get the one seed. they strive to be the two seed, and you know you're going to be fine, so I, I don't like the message they're doing. It makes you dislike them even more, mm-hmm. you know it's, it's It's like they're embracing being the villain, and which maybe after a while you kind of
0: enjoy that, but uh, I hope Kansas City wins. Hitting the bottom of the hour, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll discuss Andy Reid's legacy, and I'll tell you which team's window is the closest to being closed. Next in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig, hanging out with you. Here is your Sports Center update. The Northern Michigan football team will host national signing dinner on February 6th at the Delft Bistro in Marquette. Fans will get the chance to meet the coaches, who will then present the 2019 Wildcat recruiting class. The Dallas Cowboys have fired offensive coordinator Scott Linehan. The rest of the coaching staff at this time remains intact. And finally, the NBA is launching a platform where NBA officials can interact with fans in real time over Twitter and they can discuss the officiating of select high-profile games. That starts next week. What could go wrong with that?
1: Yeah, there's nothing that's going to... Yeah, <laughs> this is so going to blow
0: up in their face. I mean, Someone thought, this is a good idea, yeah, this I mean, is the move. Yeah,
1: people love to complain about officials. Let's actually talk to fans about <laughs> officiating during the game. I mean, it's going to be so bad. I mean, and you're going to get... I mean people hate officiating so you're going to get like some really intense mm-hmm. <laughs> opinions at time and do you really want to deal with that? I mean no. you know it's coming mm-hmm. so I mean maybe you've mentally prepared yourself <laughs> but still why would you put yourself through that? It's like it's like people who go to work in customer service mm-hmm. I mean you know kudos for you wanting to do it right. but you know you're going to get with people who are upset all the time <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that? I mean, is that the career choice you really wanted to make? You know, I don't you strive
0: think, for that. I can't imagine there's any NBA official who said part of my job that I really want to have when I grow up is not only take abuse from fans on the court, but then go on a social media platform um, and, and do the same thing. Yeah,
1: and talk about the decisions with I a game
0: make. I'm not even calling. Yeah, I mean it's,
1: <laughs> and then you're trying to either defend something that happened, and I'm sure you're gonna. I mean, are you going to condemn... Mm-hmm. A call, yeah. you know? By your colleague? Yeah. Are you going to say, like, oh, that was dumb? <laughs> you know, by, and have to interact with that
0: person, like, the following day? I mean, it's it's going to be bad. This would be like the NFL starting their own Twitter for Mike Pereira and just letting the fans go at him. <laughs> over and over again. I mean.
1: Just feed him to the wolves. You know, it's, it's like, Mike, you're wrong. Constantly wrong. You know? <laughs> and he's never going to please anybody. No. <laughs> you know? You're always going to upset somebody. So, arg.
0: Ryan Steve from the Mining Journal is in studio with us. I wanted to ask you about Andy Reid. I brought him up on the show yesterday and what his legacy will be when it's all said and done. One of the most successful coaches in NFL history, eighth all-time in wins, but he's never coached a team to a Super Bowl. He has a ring as an associate head coach with the Packers in the 90s, but a guy who's really Pretty similar to him as far as their win percentage, their records, what have you, is Marty Schottenheimer. He's not in the Hall of Fame because 200 of his 205 career wins came in the regular season. Never won a Super Bowl. John Madden's fairly close to those two as far as all-time wins. He has one Super Bowl, and a lot of people think he's the greatest coach that ever lived. So where does Andy Reid go down as far as the greatest coaches ever? Does he need at least one Super Bowl to be a Hall of Fame coach?
1: I think you got to have at least one, yeah yeah, I mean, some are exceptions because they get a lot of wins, but they never won it, but he, he, that ensures you that mm-hmm. you 're going to be in, and that will get you the respect you deserve because he has such a reputation as we mentioned already that he chokes in the playoffs, yep. that terrible clock management, he makes questionable decisions, and I think if he gets that this year he 'll finally put maybe not entirely because people are going to still going to criticize him because he 's a coach, and that 's just how it comes with the territory but Maybe they'll temper it a little bit. See, I finally won one. I know what I'm doing, <laughs> like, most of the time. <laughs> so I, I think he'll be, I think that'll push him over the top and get him the respect he deserves. I mean, some people joke and be like, oh, he's just like Jeff Fisher. Mm-hmm. Don't compare him to Jeff Fisher. No. Jeff Fisher is seven and nine, eight and eight, Jeff Fisher. Andy Reid's won playoff games. He's been successful. He's been to a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, they lost, but he's he's been there. He knows what he's doing. So I I think I think this will be the thing if he gets it.
0: My hot take of the day is that I believe one of the final four teams has a smaller window than all the others. That if they don't get it done this season, I'm not picking them to win another Super Bowl before another rebuild. They might be good next season, but I don't think they're going to get back here for a long time if they don't get it done. And that is the Los Angeles Rams. I think their window is this year. They had last year where they were pretty good, but not necessarily a Super Bowl contender. Next year, they'll probably be pretty good, maybe an outside Super Bowl contender. This year, though, this is their best shot to do it. You look at the team that they are, the makeup of this squad, and Todd Gurley is your franchise face. You've got such a great offensive guy in Sean McVay, but I'm not sold on Jared Goff. I'm not. Sold is anybody on the really of, sold on Jared? Goff? <laughs> you'd be surprised. Yeah, he's got a few <laughs> complimentary pieces around him. I'll give him that. But there are teams that have a great running back and complimentary pieces that are a long way from winning a Super Bowl, like the Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Carolina Panthers. You can go on and on. Their defense is what sets them apart, what makes them elite. When you've got a running back like Gurley, who might be the best in football, that's debatable, and you've got an all-pro defense like they have, that's where you really can get into that upper echelon. The problem for me is I don't think they're going to keep that defense together. For one thing, the personalities that they have there. There's a lot of volatile personalities in the locker room. You wonder how long they can all be kept happy together. For another thing, they're on expiring contracts. You look at who's going to be a free agent from that defense this year. Aaron Donald, Dante Fowler, and Dominican Sue, and LaMarcus Joyner. Free agents next year, Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters. All those guys have personalities, and all those guys are want to get paid. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep even four of them together here in about two years or so, and I wonder how differently this defense is going to look. That's why I don't think if L.A. doesn't win it this year, I'm not confident they're going to do it here before a rebuild.
1: I think... <laughs> they're going to have a hard time keeping all four of those guys <clears throat> after the season's over. I think they'll be able to keep two, mm-hmm. but with the salary cap issues and trying to get everybody, I think that's they're going to lose a couple of them. Um, I can see your point. Um, I'm actually leaning more towards New Orleans. Are oh, yeah, yeah, just because I New Orleans just never. I mean, even this year, they're not doing it for me. I mean, you look at the Eagles game, and you, by logic, you know, you're playing the sixth seed. <laughs> you know, you should come out with an easy win, and they started off terrible. I mean, yeah, they pulled it out in the end, but, I mean, was it, you know, did it impress you that they could do it? And I, I think the Rams are actually going to win it. Um, mm. But I uh, – I, as much as I like Jabriz, how much does he have left, mm. you know? I mean, he carries that team so much sometimes. Like, he wins it on his own and it's kind of like what Rodgers does in Green Bay sometimes. It's all on him, and he saves the day. But does he, I mean, that year where they won the Super Bowl, he had, like, everything together. He had the defense. He had the weapons. Does he really have all the pieces to do it again next year if they don't do it? I don't think he does. And I, do you think he's going to retire as a Saint? I think you will. You think?
0: I do. I, I think what his love for that city and the love they have for him goes a lot beyond the football field, a mm-hmm. lot farther beyond the football field. Okay.
1: I was, because I've wondered about that. If, especially, you know, if they, let's say this is his window, mm-hmm. like things kind of start to blow up next year, is he going to want to keep staying with that management? Mm-hmm. Is he going to keep wanting to play for San, Sean Payton? Because, you know, you want to close out your career with like another title. Are you going to get that New Orleans? So, I would say your Rams takes good. I would also make the case for New Orleans. I think the Chiefs have the pieces that they could be good for a couple of years They now. have the biggest window. In yeah, the they have they yeah. have a huge especially with Mahomes.
0: And New England's New England so they're always going to be in the mix. It's interesting <laughs> neither of us said them even though Brady's probably the next quarterback to retire a, of that group.
1: Yeah, it's just cuz they have the best head coach and they mm-hmm. and they always seem to find a way. So I I think when Brady retires, their window will finally close. <laughs> oh, it'll close a little
0: bit, but I, it won't close completely. Like, not
1: completely, but you know what I mean? Like, the door will, like, get halfway shut. Mm. <laughs> not, like, completely. Like, maybe they have, maybe they'll go, like, 10 and 6 and kind of sneak into the playoffs. Oh, Belichick winning less than really? 11 games. That will never happen. You're a thing? Never. Okay. 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 I, uh, well, as long, I guess, as long as their division. Is terrible. (laughs) You know, maybe if like one of their fellow teams in that division gets it together, Mm -hmm. like you think Miami might be the one, but.
0: Oh, yeah, because Brian Flores is going to bring that Patriot culture down there. We saw how well that worked in Detroit, and then Crazy Eyes is a job up in New York.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, he. I, I don't see the Jets doing it. I don't. Buffalo completely fell off this yes, year. Did. They just after making the playoffs. Oh, maybe maybe they'll start. I mean, they're like a, still like a step or two behind, but maybe they'll be a wild card. They're starting to build and maybe challenge New England. And then they fell completely.
0: Behind. Getting rid of so, Tarad Taylor for Nathan Peterman it, was the move. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: uh, he's finally gone. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like that's going to be a huge regret. So I think. They'll continue to make the playoffs just because their division's terrible, but it, they're not they, – I think when Brady retires, they won't be the guarantee to be in the AFC title game mm-hmm. every year. They might actually have to fight <laughs> to get into the title game every year. So, yeah, I I think their window is not as wide open as the Chiefs, but it's, it's still pretty clear.
0: Well, you brought up a great point about the division and how – being in a weak division can give you about four to six extra wins right off the bat. And the Chiefs, if you look at it, they're going to have it pretty well off here in the AFC West for the next few years. We're talking about less than five years from now, the AFC West being the worst division in football because you will have a Chargers-less, uh Phillip Rivers-less Chargers team. I mean, what are they without him? Then you will have the Broncos who still don't have things figured out. They have a GM who is an exceptional quarterback that cannot bring a quarterback there to save his life since Peyton Manning. Mm, yeah. And you've got the Raiders. Who knows how they're gonna pan out with everything they're going through. And Kansas City's pretty well set up to be the dominant team of that division. Yeah, for they're they're
1: years. they're 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 pretty secure right now. I San Diego, like you said, without Rivers, is now what it you know, the Carson, California Chargers are <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh you know, they're not They're not good without him, and you have Denver, which is, you know, they have a good defense, but their offense is so, they can't find a stable quarterback, mm-hmm. they're whipping through coaches, <laughs> people aren't staying there, Elway, for all his magic as a, you know, a quarterback, can't seem to find any consistency as a, mm-hmm. as a GM, um, you know, Manning proved himself, so kudos to him for getting there, but... I mean, thinking Osweiler was the guy, <laughs> Paxton Lynch, <laughs> Trevor and it's, it's like he thinks that these are the pieces, and they're not. It's just you think a guy who was a legendary quarterback would be able to judge yeah. talent a little bit, <laughs> but for some reason he's not. And the Raiders are a mess. The soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I just, it's their division for the taking, for at least the next couple of years, unless. Somebody figures it out it's against. It's not going to be. It's not going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. It's no. going to be maybe San Diego, maybe Denver. But I think that's the Chiefs division.
0: Paxton Lynch is a new job. Did you see he got signed to uh, backup Russell Wilson yesterday? Well, hey, yeah, good for him. It He's not going to get any Last playing time, time, time but they a Lynch up in Seattle. Exactly. yeah.
1: So, um, and I think Daryl Bevel's uh, going uh. to is going to be a, forever
0: attached to a Lynch <laughs> up in Seattle. Uh, I had to look who the Chargers' backup quarterback was because I couldn't even think. Geno Smith and Cardell Jones—they could be the QBs of the future when Rivers calls it quits. I, I I love playing that game because there's so many
1: guys who are still in the league that you forgot about. Mm-hmm. Like, when the, Ra- when the Ravens were in their playoff game, I completely forgot Michael Crabtree was on that <laughs> roster. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, he's still in the league. How about that? You know, it's it, there's always going to be those guys, and they're sitting on the bench, or they're like, have become the third receiver mm-hmm. on the ro- yeah, roster. where's Ted Ginn right now? Yeah, yeah, it's like, where'd he come from? You know, it's just that that's what i enjoy doing because um long-time starters and you're like i mean peyton manning's backup forever with the colts is jim sorge yeah whatever <laughs> happened yeah that's like it, it there's always going to be that backup and now with rogers getting hurt people know who the packers backup is mm-hmm. but forever who was a lot of these quarterbacks
0: backups and uh that's just a fun game to play. Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journals in studio with us. We owe you our last time out. Friday funnies after this. You're listening to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Well, as you heard Ray say, 5 degrees and it's not getting any warmer. Ryan Stieg in studio with me. Tanner Hoops, thanks for hanging out with us on Friday afternoon. Ryan, make us laugh. We got some funnies. Get our mind off the
1: cold. Yeah, I'll do that in a quick second. But Michigan Tech playing outside tonight. It's Hockey Day in Minnesota this weekend. I'm writing a column about it. Again, shameless plug for the journal. <laughs> I, uh, for Sunday, they're playing outside uh, every year. Um, FSN, Fox Sports North, and the Wild pick a community to celebrate in Minnesota. It's in Bemidji this year, and they have a lot of festivities. Teams play outside, the high school teams. Bemidji state and tech are playing outdoors tonight on the shores of Lake Bemidji. It's going to be miserable conditions, but it's going to be a fun experience. So there's your funny to start. Off. <laughs> the tech is going to be cold. Uh, first, uh, Frank Saratori, head coach of air force hockey went on <laughs> a rant to be remembered. It was so, it was so beautiful. I played it for you before the show. Well, he hates ties mm-hmm. in college hockey. Who doesn't? And, uh, he was talking about how big points against Army last weekend. It was a tight battle, back-to-back nights, and it ended in a tie. He goes, I was so juiced to celebrate. I had a near beer and with my wife. She had some sugar-free, <laughs> was it like candy or something like that? It's it's so ice cream, I think. Sugar, sugar-free ice cream. And then I woke up with some decaf coffee. There's not a better way to start the day. It gives you that little jump start. <laughs> and he was just like... People are on the edge of their steeds, he said, and thank God we stopped that before they somebody had a heart attack because <laughs> we had a tie. He said, "Make sure to renew your season tickets and playoff tickets so the league can keep the lights on." <laughs> he hates ties so much. He said, um, "Our motto here is fly fight, fly fight, win, not fly fight, lose, and it's definitely not fly fight tie." So he can't stand ties. The majority of people can't stand it either. Atlantic Hockey and hockey, you still won't play a second overtime or a shootout, they're adamantly against it for some reason. So maybe Frank's rant can get them to change their tune. But uh, if you really want a go-to quote (laughs) every time, he's a beat writer's dream every time he touches the microphone. Um, Nick Saban forgot his assistant, left for a new job. Mm. Uh, (laughs) His guy has now become the offensive coordinator with Miami. And and, uh, yeah, was asking the staffers one day, where'd Dan go? And nobody knew, apparently, and Nick didn't even know he took the job. So they searched all over the office to find the guy, and his office was empty. And so how, how do you not know your coach left?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, a lot of those assistants see, leave this week yeah, trying it's to like,
1: I mean, Nick Saban lives in his own little world. Like I said before, he forgot an election happened one year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he just... But how do you not know a guy on your staff took off? right. You live football. I mean, you think he'd notice. but And then Charles Barkley called the 76ers last night the stupidest organization in the history of sports for allowing Joel, Joel Embiid to play injured. Hmm. The stupidest organization in the history of sports. That might be a little far.
0: Yeah, I'm not, it's maybe not smart, but I can think of a few stupid organizations that come to mind yeah. before the 76ers. Yeah,
1: I just enjoyed the hyperbole yeah. uh, out of Chuck. That was good.
0: He'll give you those.
1: Um, Oklahoma State basketball has so many suspensions hmm. right now, they're having to have the student body fill out the rosters. Oh, no. Yeah. They're they're such a mess that they've had walk on tryouts on campus just so they can fill up a full roster. Now that's a great opportunity if you're a yeah. guy on campus. Hey, I can make Oklahoma State varsity. Put that on your resume. But just I mean you're not going to be
0: good grabbing guys
1: from the student body to try to play your bench.
0: I think how many years ago it was they had Marcus Smart and Phil Forte, and now look at them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, just imagine if a team up here, let's say Northern, had to resort to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many good players are you going to have? I mean, there's guys who can play ball on a campus. They play probably varsity basketball when they were in high school, Mm -hmm. but are you going to be able to win games with those guys off your bench? Probably not. So, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State's in a rough patch right now. So, that's one of my favorite stories that came out. Um, There was a tennis match. <clears throat> in the australian open <clears throat> that started after midnight and didn't end till three twelve in the morning and that's melbourne time mm. so the seats are completely empty <laughs> except for a couple of loyal fans they deadspin sent out uh, photos of it there's uh two people sleeping on the chairs there's people who are sitting back to back so they can stay awake oh. there's a rabid england fan who brought a flag oh. sitting by himself mm. <laughs> but it was it was just kind of pathetic cuz this match is going on nobody's paying attention to it like there's maybe like a dozen people in the stadium and these two players two two women's players are giving it their all <laughs> in the middle of the night. It's, it was it was just it was really bad, and uh, it's funny in its own right because I mean starting a match at midnight. Right. I mean, there's that session that ESPN does at 24 hours of basketball mm-hmm. every year, where there's games kicking off at like three in the morning, and it's just kind of a fun little thing to profile smaller schools. Mm-hmm. But that <laughs> I've never seen a major tennis tournament have a match start that late. But yeah, that was. Uh, that was one of my favorites. And uh, speaking of Andy Reid, as yeah. we've mentioned several times, Andy started practice wearing a heavy parka and shorts. Mm. W- what's the point of the quote if you're going to wear shorts? That's that's my question to you.
0: Hmm. I'm trying to think of one. I'm trying to think of something that could relate to, to up north. I guess. I don't know. Kind of reminds me of a walrus in some ways. I'm trying to relate to something <laughs> like that because. Yeah, uh- I I don't know. Yeah, because
1: you always see that guy, that Mm -hmm. one guy, especially when you were on college campus, who will, it's a blizzard outside and will decide to go jogging Yeah, or ride his bike to campus and, you know, act like it's no big deal. And you know they're freezing, Mm -hmm. but it's like, are they trying to prove a point (laughs) at all? Because you look dumb when you're doing Mm -hmm. it, so, I mean... I mean, Andy Reid's his own person, so maybe it's just his thing. But it looked really weird in the photos. I mean, it's a huge park. It's not like he's wearing a windbreaker. Mm. It's like something you wear when you're going to go out hunting for like a week in the woods.
0: You know, it's huge. What kind of shorts were we talking? Like we're, athletic shorts? We're talking. Cargo? I think
1: he's wearing the. He was wearing athletic shorts, okay. but it looked it looked really weird because mm. it's you're you're covering your top half, but. Uh, you know, warm air rises, mm-hmm. so wouldn't your, like, lower extremities be the cold part? You would think.
0: <laughs> <Wouldn't, If> something <laughs> made sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you wear, like, you know, pants and maybe wear, like, a thinner shirt, <laughs> you know, for the upper half? It just, it looked really weird, but that's just how Andy is. He marches to his own drummer, but,
0: I don't know. It was <laughs> it was a funny photo. Is there any instance in which it's acceptable to wear a sweatshirt with shorts? Because that was a thing for, like, college kids from what I had saw is where guys would come out wearing a crew neck with athletic shorts. And I'm like, you are such a tool bag. And you are the worst <laughs> kind of person. I,
1: I've done that before um, simply um, because, I don't know, it's just, but I don't, like, go out in public and do it. Right. It's just, like, if I'm lounging around the house. Well, that's or, different. Yeah, yeah, but, like, it's, but like, it, it looks out of place, mm-hmm. and it's, like, What are you trying to be, Andy Reid? (laughs) Because it looks weird. Or sometimes they'll wear a T-shirt, you know, when it's really cold out, Mm. and they're wearing track pants. And it's like, why are you? You're cold. Why are you punishing yourself just to do that? It just people's logic doesn't make any sense to me. But that was that was my favorite photo of the week. But uh, getting back, told Frank you hate ties too.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This is America, we all tie. <laughs>
1: you know, we have this rant about participation trophies yes. all the time. Isn't a tie a participation trophy it in is. its own way? It
0: absolutely it is. is. You <laughs> bet.
1: I mean, you're I mean, everybody is supposed to go home happy, but are you really happy? <laughs> you know, it's like I, it's you 're almost happier with a loss because mm-hmm. you have something to talk about you you know okay, uh you know, if we had done this, you know maybe we would have gone a win. You can learn from that, whereas a tie it's like okay, we just didn't score yeah. <laughs> you know I mean I mean is there anything you really need to change for the next game? or you have a storyline to talk to your friends at the bar mm-hmm. after the game you're like okay we were okay but we weren't great <laughs> and the other team wasn't great either i mean it just it's blah and i don't understand the fight against it i don't know if it's just tradition cuz there's some people who are really hardcore mm-hmm. about keeping stuff that should have gone away <laughs> you know we talked about the dh right <laughs> last week i mean there's everybody wants to stick to something, even though it should change, like people who mm. hated instant replay forever, yes. <laughs> you know, and it needs to change. Frank's adamant about it. I've seen other coaches rant about it, and it's been beneficial. If the WCHA, the Big Ten, and the NCHC all have the second overtime, they all have shootouts, and even if it doesn't go your team's way, you don't hate it, mm. right. <laughs> you, know, you don't complain to the league office mm. or you know, your school saying this needs to change, I don't want to see this in mm-hmm. my next game, you know. And But Hockey East and Atlanta Hockey won't adapt. They're abs- – they, for some reason – and even if you ask East Coast people, East Coast hockey fans, they don't want it. No. And it's it- – there's always been this kind of weird rivalry between West Hockey and East Hockey, and it's really coming to the surface right now. I mean, there's always been like, you know, when I talked to Walt Kyle, there'd be like conflicting styles, like East Coast Hockey used to be more fast-paced, and West Coast used to be, West, well, Western, Midwest. Right. used to be more physical, and there was like contrasting styles, but now it's like East Coast is obsessed with living in the past, and <laughs> Midwest and Western teams are wanting to adapt to the future, and there's like this in fighting and i think eventually they will adopt it mm-hmm. but they're putting up this fight and i feel like if you have more coaches complain like frank did and more like ad's and maybe more prominent people like alums be like let's change this it eventually wins, but uh some people don't like change and change is a good thing i've said this before change is you know it's a part of life you need to be able to accept change, and hopefully they will do so.
0: <laughs> Ryan Stieg for the Mining Journal, our guest today. We are out of time. As always, appreciate you mm-hmm. sending us into the weekend with a few laughs, Friday funnies. Yep, good to be here. Well, that's it for us. Once again, I'm Tanner Hoops. Tune in tonight. Westwood Patriot Basketball should be a good one at Nagani, 7 p.m. Tip ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Market.